Intentionally Disruptive is brought to you by Microformulas. Creating solutions that work is what we do. Restoring hope and health is who we are. Visit Microformulas online at microformulas.com. A podcast about life. I mean, that's a struggle, I think, with every single day. Are we good enough? Everything it can throw at you. The only person that can make us happy is ourselves. Real people talking about life's real issues. Oh, yeah, there we go. This is Intentionally (laughs) Disruptive with Shonda McNeil. All right, our series this month is called On the Gram Part 2. We are talking to Instagram influencers who have built a following and a career by being intentionally disruptive. Now, our third guest for the On the Gram Part 2 series is joining us from Philly. It's Allie Bonner. Now, she is the founder of Oat House Granola Butter, the host of her very own podcast called Cast, and has over 55,000 followers on Instagram. Now, Allie, you know what I absolutely, this my absolute favorite thing about you is that you are 100% you. Like you will talk about your life's journey, whether it be big, small, uh, serious, funny. I mean, you're just an open book. And I think that's exactly why your followers love you so much. Has that always been easy for you? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I honestly, when I was growing up, I wasn't the most, like I never thought of myself as the life of the party or, you know, loves being the center of attention. So I never would have been one to kind of think I would have any sort of following online. And when I started my Instagram account, I never even knew you could monetize, right? Like I had just started it to document my eating disorder recovery. And, um, you know, I was sort of excited, like, you know, maybe I'll get some, I remember thinking maybe I'll get some free tortilla chips from Siete. Like that was my one thing. I'm like, maybe I'll just get some, some free tortilla chips. Like I'll make, I'll, I'll have made it when I get to that point. Um, but yeah, in terms of just being myself, you know, I just, I never felt like I could be something I wasn't because it's so exhausting. And I think everyone has experienced that where maybe, you know, you're, the, you're new at a party and you're trying to kind of like fit in and, and maybe shift a little bit of, of who you really are and trying to be like a little cooler than you are. And it's so exhausting. So I kind of from day one, you know, really wanted to just be myself. And, and that's, I think what's been helpful for me to keep continuing to be consistent with my account and post every day and show up because, you know, of course there's days that I don't want to show up. I don't want to come online. Um, you know, I'm human, but at the same time, it's so much easier to just come on and be myself. Cause I'm not sort of like putting on a, a front. And, and when you start out, like ignorance is bliss, right? Like when you start out, like I know for me, when I started social media, I didn't know, I didn't know what that was like. I didn't know what that looked like. I just, like you said, just being yourself. And then you realize, Oh shoot, this is awesome. Obviously you have your trolls occasionally, but us not knowing, I guess the full experience of social media when you start is kind of a blessing because you don't hold back, right? You could actually 100% dive in and just be who you are. And I think, um, I think that that's probably what, what you're saying. Cause you started what at 14, you started Instagram or started getting on social media. Yeah. I mean, I started actually probably like four years ago. So it, yeah, maybe like 2017 or something. Okay. Um, my, just my personal account, but yeah, I mean, I think I've gone through phases. Like in the beginning, I was exactly what you just mentioned. You know, I was, didn't have any following. So I kind of was just showing up as myself, yeah. um, similar to how I was, you know, on my actual personal account, like pre influencer account. Um, and then I sort of, you know, the trolls started coming out or people would point out things and just sort of like nitpick, you know, your life and kind of look at, look at your life with a magnifying glass, which I was obviously not used to. And I felt like I almost pulled back and there was a period of time where I really just 
you know, was walking on eggshells. I was nervous to, you know, say the wrong thing or, or do the wrong thing or yeah. offend anyone. Um, and then now I, I've kind of gotten to the point where I think my, my skin's gotten a little thicker and, you know, of course I never put out anything intentional to like offend or upset anyone, but I just, I, I realize at this point, like you're never going to make everyone oh, happy, right. you know, Absolutely. just be yourself. Yeah. And also like, it's boring, you know, it's boring if you try and kind of please everyone. Cause I I've been there too. And it's just, that's not really my best content or the most creative that I can be. So, and you realize the trolls are just like the worst human beings ever. Like they're the most miserable, just yeah. I mean, <laughs> awful human beings who are just, just completely, they, they had the, the worst life and they just want to project, right. All their problems onto us. So it, you know, I guess that, that if you want, once you accept that, I mean, I know it could obviously be tough depending on a, what day you're having, but trolls are just the absolute worst and they have the worst life. That's what I keep telling myself every time we get any type of message that's just negative, right? It has, it, they, they'll find anything to be angry about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I heard this quote, which I'm sure you've heard. It's like hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. And you know, it's so true. And I think I, I, it used to really affect me like in the beginning, you know, it's gonna, like anyone. I think a lot of times people you know, don't realize that people who have followings or people who live their life online, they, you know, are, these things don't affect them, but really like I'm a human at the end of the day too. And so these messages really do get to me and I've always been sort of a people pleaser at heart. And so it, it is kind of hard for me to just be like, Oh, whatever, I don't care. Um, but I think just being able to realize that, you know, there's a reason that someone is saying those things. And oftentimes it's not about me. It's about right. them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's, that's been helpful, but it's still at the end of the day. Yeah. It's like sometimes just creating those social media boundaries and not being in my inbox, you know, 24 seven is probably like the best thing that I, I've been able to do. So where does your story begin? I know you touched on uh, briefly um, your eating disorder and that started when you were 14, correct? Yeah. I mean, I struggled with food in my body for, I mean, over a decade. Um, I really kind of got a grip on things, I would say around like 23, 24. Um, so I'm about 28 now. It's been a few years and I just, I'm, and I don't say this to brag, but really to give people hope because I have the best relationship with food now that I've ever had in my entire life. And I honestly never thought that it was possible. Like I felt I was in this deep, dark hole where I honestly was just convinced I was broken. There was something wrong with me and I was never going to crawl out. So, you know, if there's anyone listening who is going through the same thing, it totally is possible. You know, you can completely change your relationship with food, but, um, long story short. Yeah. I really struggled with a bunch of different eating disorders, you know, orthorexia, which is an obsession with eating perfectly clean or healthy all the time. So sort of like, you know, eating healthy taken to the extreme, mm -hmm. um, where I was just so, uh, meticulous about every little ingredient and, you know, type of food. And, and honestly, I was just obsessed with like the food quality. And all of this was really exacerbated by the fact that I was studying nutrition, ironically, um, for my undergrad. And so of course, I'm, I'm learning about all this stuff with nutrition. And the more that I learn, the more obsessed I become. And, and it really became a negative thing for me mentally. So that sort of continued all through college. Um, you know, I was also you know, anorexic. I was, you know, deep in like binge eating. So I would sort of restrict and then binge. Um, I was addicted to exercise as well. So, you know, anytime I would have something that I deemed like not a clean or, you know, good food, I would compensate the next day by over-exercising. So it was really just an exhausting cycle. Um, I'm like feeling exhausted just telling you. It's <laughs> like, I can't believe I lived that no, life. Wow. I, um, yeah. For so long, because it, it, I mean, it's really just, you get trapped in the cycle of, you know, restricting and then binging. And once 
once you're out of it, you know, looking back, it's just crazy to me that I was trapped in it for so long. But when you're in, when you're in it, you know, you, it really feels like the reality, you know, you're in this alternate reality and it feels like the only thing you can do to sort of, you know, you're just treading water all the time. So finally, you know, I reached my rock bottom. I kind of was at this place where honestly, I was just mentally exhausted. It wasn't even about the physical anymore. I was just, I wanted my life back because you know, when you're deep in this disorder, your whole headspace is taken up by thoughts of food and your body. And, you know, while I was eating one meal, I would be planning the next meal and thinking and calculating the calories. And, you know, it's just, it takes up a lot of headspace. And I was in my early twenties and I was supposed to be, you know, living life and having fun. Connection with um, people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I was just honestly watching my life pass me by. So ended up reaching out to, um, a therapist who changed my entire life. I mean, she, basically shifted my mindset around food, you know, from this place of, I I basically tied my morality to the foods I was eating. So if I had, you know, for example, a salad, I was good because that salad was good. Right. And then if I had a cookie, I was a bad person and I had to kind of, you know, repent in a way for my sins by, you know, over-exercising. And so she really just kind of shook up my entire view around food and just showed me, you know, it's not about, how certain foods make you look, but it's rather, you know, how does this food feel in your body? What kind of foods do you enjoy? Like I was forcing myself to, you know, eat salads and, and everything. And like, there's nothing wrong with a salad, but it was like, maybe I wanted fish tacos. I don't know. Maybe I wanted a piece of pizza. Um, and I wouldn't even allow myself to honor my cravings because I wouldn't allow those cravings to even rise to the surface. I would always be pushing them down, pushing them down. So that happened, you know, early twenties and it took me, you know, a few years as anyone knows who's gone through recovery. Um, it's a journey and there's tons of ups and tons of downs, which is when I started my Instagram account. And, you know, I really wanted to show the real, real, because I was so sick of going online, you know, and this was, this was pre, I feel like kind of this wave of social media where, almost this vulnerability trend, right? So like everything on Instagram was very hyper curated um, and lots of, you know, filters and people were very obsessed with looking perfect on social media. And I just early on was not into that. You know, I was not this like picture perfect fashion blogger or anything. And I really wanted, you know, to connect with people. And so that's when I started sharing, you know, some experiences that people may not be used to talking about on social media. So, you know, abusing diet pills and eating out of the trash and binge eating and things that are just, you know, part of the journey and part of the process of healing your relationship with food sometimes. Um, and so that's kind of when, you know, started to gain a little bit of a following because people were just really, you know, they wanted to connect because other people were also going through the same thing and they felt alone and I felt alone. And so it was nice to just kind of meet other people that were also, um, in the same process. Um, and then just fast forward, you know, I've been doing it for obviously a few years and kind of just along the way, my content has shifted as my relationship with food has healed and obviously shifted more to the business side. But, um, yeah, that's like a little shortened synopsis of a 10 year journey. Well, no, I love, I love that. I mean, obviously through your healing and I'm glad you mentioned a therapist, right? Like you went to see a therapist because that's one thing that we push here on the intentionally disruptive uh, podcast is that mental health is so important and people sometimes I'm not all, but I I, I hear a lot, especially like people that are close to me, like, Oh, I'm not going to see a therapist. I'm not, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I don't think people realize how important it is if you find the right therapist and that's the kicker, right? You have to find the right therapist. But when you, when you find that person, I mean, it is life changing. It really is. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I I think if there's one piece of like 
one piece of message that I could share with someone, it's you don't have to be a certain amount of sick to go see someone, you know, for your mental health or anything you're going through. Because for example, you know, I was the same weight that I am today. Like physically I looked the same because yes, I was restricting my food. Yes, I was over exercising, but I was also consuming large quantities of food in my binges. And so honestly, you know, at the end of the day, the calories kind of evened out. Um, where today I'm, you know, obviously have a very balanced relationship with food, but physically I, I wasn't this, you know, super frail, you know, stereotypical anorexic looking woman. So no one knew. And number one, and number two, I didn't feel like I was sick enough because I didn't realize that, you know, having any sort of disordered eating or eating disorder, you know, it doesn't have a certain look. Like there are people who are underweight, there are people who are overweight, you know, kind of an average weight. Um, And so I think that prevented me for a really long time, you know, from seeking help because I felt like, well, I'm not sick enough. You know, I don't deserve to go see therapists. So if kind of denial phase, I really tried. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something else I try and push because it really is, you know, everyone can benefit, I think, um, from any kind of mental health professional. Well, and then through the healing, obviously, that is that when you started Oat House Granola Butter? Yeah, yeah. So Granola Butter came out of my yeah recovery journey. Um, basically, what ended up happening was, you know, I had restricted nut butters for a really long time because, you know, I was afraid of the calories. <laughs> and even though, you know, what I know now, yes, it's a, you know, a dense food calorically, but it's packed with nutrition. It's so good for you. Obviously it tastes delicious, but at the time I really only viewed, you know, foods as black and white, as numbers, as calories. So I avoided them for a long time. And, you know, in my recovery, part of that process was reintroducing these foods that I had restricted for a long time. So my fear foods, um, and really through, you know, almost like if you're terrified of spiders, you know, doing exposure therapy to, get yourself used to that food, um, was kind of how they recommended that I, I heal. So I started, you know, adding almond butter and peanut butter into pretty much every meal that I was eating. And honestly, my gut just couldn't handle all of the nuts. I think from years of restricting and binging, my gut health was just a complete wreck. Um, but but I really didn't want to give up on my recovery. So I started looking for something nut free, you know, so I started trying the sunflower butter, the soy nut butter, and sort of all of those options out there. And I just did not like personally did not resonate with any of them. Um, and so I started playing around in my kitchen and I was like, I am not going to let this, you know, intolerance, um, allow me to basically restrict food groups again. So I was like, I'm going to, you know, come up with my own alternative. And I just had this epiphany to do an oat based spread because, Number one, oats are delicious, as we all know. You know, number two, I just think I was so inspired by the rise of oat milk and just how you could do so much from one ingredient. And I sort of realized, you know, if you toasted the oats almost like a granola, you added some yummy, you know, spices and flavorings and sweeteners, you could create a really delicious spread. Um, So honestly, made it in my Vitamix the first time in my tiny kitchen in San Francisco and, um, you know, realized that I wasn't really well equipped to be able to bring this idea to the mass market. Um, just because I didn't have any background, you know, professional background in like the culinary space. So Eric, who's my, you know, my boyfriend, we've been together for forever, like eight, eight years now. You have pictures Um, all over your Instagram of him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's much more like the entrepreneur type guy. So, you know, he was in consulting at the time and he's just always been super entrepreneurial. And he was like, we have to do this. Like no one has ever done 
an oat-based spread before. Like this is, and it's delicious. Like this is going to be huge. And I was kind of like, I was working in tech at the time and I was kind of happy, you know, just living in San Francisco. I was like, no, like I don't, you know, I don't really, I wasn't really motivated, but I think the reason that I wasn't motivated was because I was scared. Like my whole life had been so, so structured and so controlled. I mean, even going, you know, as much as my eating disorder, like the reason that I did that was because of fear of losing control, right? It's like a false sense of creating control in your life. And so looking back, you know, I've always been super entrepreneurial, but I think I've always talked myself out of it because I was, had this fear of the unknown. So it's crazy to me now that I ended up running, you know, now I have my own company, which is, it's so (laughs) unpredictable, um, because that's what I was afraid of. But anyway, so Eric and I, you know, got together, we're like, okay, we're going to do this, but we needed someone to come in on the culinary side. So we both thought of, um, you know, one of his best friends from childhood is a classically trained chef. He's worked at Michelin star restaurants. He was actually happened to be out in Paris, you know, opening a restaurant out there. So Eric flew up, Eric and I flew to Paris. We pitched him on the idea and we were like, look, like this is going to be huge, you know, and his name's Ari. And he totally saw the vision. He loved the idea. He was sort of at this crossroads anyway of like, you know, kind of being disenchanted by the restaurant industry and was ready for something new. So we brought him on as a third co-founder. Um, and he's really the one that, you know, perfected the recipe. He created the spice blend um, and basically created the granola butter that, you know, we know today. And at the time of you guys planning this, it, there was no granola butter on the market, correct? Like you, you, you're the very first. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, which sounds cool, but at the same time, it's also anyone knows who's done anything. You have something to innovative. prove. Innovative. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, right. And it's, it's, it's the biggest hurdle because it's customer education. And I'm sure, you know, you guys have experienced this too. It's like, you know, whenever you come up with something new or innovative or cutting edge, even like Apple and Steve Jobs, it's like, we all hear about them being so successful, but that customer education and that learning curve is so tough. So that's sort of where we are now. Like, yes, we're growing and you know, we're in Whole Foods and all these stores now, but like, that was my next question. Still a really, yeah, still a really small subset of the population that knows what granola butter is. So I feel like I'm always constantly educating, which is really fun and exciting, but it is a big thing that I think people don't really think about when they're launching something. Cause they're just like, Oh, I'm the first to do this. That's fun. You know? So, but I was, that was my next question is where can you find this? Because, and then you mentioned Whole Foods, can you order it online or is it just in stores only? Yeah. So yeah, Whole Foods is probably our biggest retailer. Um, we're not in all the Whole Foods. We're in only basically SoCal, Arizona, Nevada, Hawaii. So they call it the Southern Pacific region. And then out on the East coast, we're in Florida and then up in the Northeast. But other than that, if you are anywhere in between, um, we are at some, you know, natural food stores. So just head to our website. It's just oat.house. We have a a store locator. Um, but yeah, online Amazon, you know, I mean, I mean, Amazon, you know, you can get it anywhere in like two days, which is kind of crazy. So (laughs) instant gratification. My husband's favorite thing on the whole like planet is peanut butter, right? And he, one day, he's tw- he's 40 now. He was 27 at the time. He, every single morning, it was like a thing for him. He'd get up, he would make a, um, a bagel or English muffin with peanut butter on top, like the raw peanut butter, right? And yeah. so one morning I'm coming, I walk down the stairs and he turns around the kitchen and it looked like people had like, I don't know, broken to our house and jumped him. His face was swollen disaster. So again, a guy who's had peanut butter every single day of his life at 27, he wakes up with a peanut allergy. Like he's allergic to every (gasps) nut besides almonds. Almonds is the only nut he could eat. And so he, we, so now we have to do the sunflower butter. 
and we have to do the almond butter. And he is just, I mean, he's still like, again, he's, well, I'm sorry, he's 41. So 27 to 41, he still lives every day just in despair that he cannot have peanut butter or something close to that. So oh my it's gosh, good to, it's good to know that we can at least get it online, at least try that because obviously we've never heard of the granola butter. So I mean, allergies are so on the rise. Like I personally, as I mentioned, you know, I'm able, like now that I've healed my gut and stuff, I'm able to luckily digest, you know, nut butters and stuff. So I'm not allergic, but I mean, that's a huge subset of our, our customer base is just not only people that have allergies themselves, but parents of kids in nut-free schools, because a lot of the schools now, I, I mean, I'm not sure if you're aware, but they're becoming more and more nut free just because allergies are on the rise. And especially with younger kids, you know, they don't really know not to share. (laughs) You Uh know, we always say sharing is caring, but when you have a peanut allergy, it's sharing is death. Yeah. Yeah. Sharing is scary. Um, so that's been a huge thing too is, yeah. I mean, our product is top eight allergen free. Um, so that's, you know, we've been, you know, happy that we've been able to provide a, a solution for people. So I'd love to hear Yeah. If your husband, uh, Absolutely. Like I'll order it as soon as we finish recording today. <laughs> yeah. Immediately after. So we have, we do have one big thing in common and that's micro formulas. That, that's kind of how we connected to begin with. Now for those listening, uh, the podcast uh, is sponsored by micro formulas. It's a, a wellness company uh, specializing in helping individuals in their detox wellness journey. So whether you, it be a full body detox, restoring gut health, mold exposure, chronic illness, parasites, I'm not kidding. Like micro formulas has the best, best products and kits. If you're looking for a mold kit to assist you on that health journey. Now for you, Allie, it was parasites, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The parasite journey was, was wild. I, um, I mean, I've been, and I'll try and keep this short because my, also my health journey has been crazy, which I think, you know, obviously I can't prove anything, but I really do think a lot of it was triggered um, or exacerbated by just years of, you know, not treating my body well with the restriction and the binging. Um, so I actually developed an autoimmune condition called Hashimoto's, which is really common. Um, but you know, a lot of people also don't know about it. So, you know, autoimmune of the thyroid and it just kind of hit me, honestly, like a Mack truck one day, (laughs) like I was basically, you know, felt really healthy my entire life in terms of just, you know, being active and stuff. Um, and then, you know, one day it was in August, 2018, I think, and I was working in tech in San Francisco, as I mentioned, and I really was sort of like, you know, burning the candle at both ends. I was traveling all the time for work. I was, you know, trying to be social. And also obviously I was kind of still obsessed with, with, you know, restricting my food and everything. So it was probably a little stressed out. Um, but just one day I woke up and had, you know, crazy vertigo. I brain fog, you know, um, I had like hand tremors, which was really scary. So they thought it was like neurological for a long time and ended up going to my primary care and they wanted to put me on, you know, antidepressants, anti-seizure, like all of these medications where I was just like, no, like, I feel like you're just putting a bandaid on this, you know, and I'm not obviously anti- um, Western medicine, you know, my parents are, you know, my mom's in the medical field, but it just felt like they were throwing things at the wall. I felt like they, yeah, like we were getting to the root. And so I ended up finally going to, um, my first naturopathic doctor and I was kind of just at my wits end. I was like, you know what? Like, (laughs) and I was kind of nervous because as we know, you know, going kind of the more holistic route, it is more expensive. Oftentimes it's out of pocket. And I was like, but I was at my, you know, I was my, my last resort and, um, I just really wanted someone to get to the root. And I was shocked by the first appointment was like two hours long, right? Uh-huh, like I was so yeah. used to these 10, 
right. 10 minute, like quick Kaiser appointments. And she asked me, you know, what my birth was like, like, and all these everything. I'm like, what? Like, why? I know. Yeah. yeah. So long story short, ended up really, really, I mean, just incredibly helpful. I mean, my, I couldn't like night and day, my health is just so much better. So I'm on, you know, a thyroid medication now. Um, and I was also very kind of nervous cause I was very like anti medication and everything, but she explained to me, no, this is also, you know, hormones that your body naturally produces. It's just sort of like supplementing that. But then of course, all of the lifestyle factors, which my doctor had never told me about, um, you know, and stress management and all of that. So long story short, we finally get to, you know, the parasite piece where she was like recommending, you know, maybe we do, you know, some sort of parasite cleanse and it could be really helpful for you. And, and you're I like, what? Connected- like parasite? Yeah. What the, what is going on? Yeah. No, I know. Totally. I mean, I've definitely had those moments where, you know, I'm becoming the older I get and the more involved I get in the more like holistic health space. I'm more open to like the woo woo, but I'm still very, you know, a little science based. And I'm like, what is, I'm always very skeptical. So when she mentioned parasite, I was like, excuse me, what? what <laughs> they just took about? a left turn. Yeah. Right. Like, okay. I was on board until you said that. No, but, um, I, again, I was like, I'm down, like I'm willing to do whatever. And when she explained, you know, if you, she basically said, if you have a pulse, you have a parasite. Yep. Like, and when she explained the, the animal side of things, cause I'm a huge dog lover. I uh-huh. basically, I mean, TMI, but I like make out with my dog every night. Like I am obsessed same, with my dog. He, same. He's yeah, like my child. Totally. Yes. And she was like, if you've ever, you know, if your dog's ever licked you, if you ever had sushi, like if you ever traveled internationally. And I was like, I mean, yes, like I love traveling. I love, I was born in Japan. I love sushi and I, I make out with my dog. So I was like, okay, I definitely <laughs> have a parasite. Um, and so, you know, I did the, the full moon kit and it was just wild to me, you know, like the, excuse my French, but like this that was coming out of my body. Oh, it's insane. Um, the mimosa pudica seed. Yeah, exactly. And I was, it was so eye opening to me, but I also just alone from what was coming out of my body, how great I felt, right? Like I just felt like my energy, you know, was skyrocketing. There was just, I felt like myself again for the first time in a long time, which really shocked me because I honestly hadn't felt like myself since I had really, as I mentioned, gotten hit by a Mack truck yeah. <laughs> um, with my health symptoms. So that was really cool. So I did, you know, a few rounds of that and, you know, just continuing to to work on my gut health. But yeah. Yeah. It's a continuous thing. Like for me, it was gut health. Like how I got connected with microformulas. It was my gut health. I ended up getting a uh, C diff. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I got, I got C diff from an antibiotic. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, they, my doctor put me on an antibiotic for a sinus infection. It gave me C diff. And for those of you who don't know, typically C diff is caught, like usually older people get it and it's typically caught in like hospitals, but basically it just scrubs your gut of all the good bacteria and leaves you feeling, I mean, terrible. Like I, not kidding. I remember uh, Thanksgiving, I had 27 bowel movements within four hours. It oh was the God. worst thing ever. So I was super sick for like six months. I, I got diagnosed with C. diff in November. And I think May, finally, the following May, I had surgery and they had to do a fecal transfer. I didn't even know if, like this even existed. They basically take somebody else's healthy poo from a lab, put it in a pitcher. And I wish to this day, I wish that they would have just knocked me out before they wheeled me into the surgery room. But they, they gave me the anesthesia or whatever. Um, once I got into the surgery room, so I got to see the setup and I just see this huge, like just basically a Kool-Aid pitcher 
full of poo. Oh. And I'm like, no, that's going in me, right? But the fecal transfer, it's like a known thing. Like it can help your mental health, obviously with C. diff, but it can like change your life. Again, I just wish I didn't see the the poo that was going in me. Well, yeah. I immediately after that surgery, I started uh, Microformulas products. I did the, um, the step one foundational protocol. And it was, it's changed my life. The products have legit changed my life. Uh, the fecal transfer and then piggyback with the micro formulas products. But yeah, gut wow. health is, yeah, my gut health it's was wrecked. Everything. Absolutely. Yeah, it's everything. And I think like, you know, it, that's been a huge mental shift for me too, right? It's like growing up sort of in the Western medical paradigm of, you know, okay, your head, like you have a headache then, you know, it's, it's not anything related to your gut, right? It's, oh, we need to take Advil or ibuprofen and just get rid of the headache. And I think I've just, over time, it's been such an eye-opening experience to shift that. Yeah. And even I've noticed, you know, with my skin and I, you know, I was on Accutane for a period of time in my early twenties. Um, and I just wonder, you know, had I kind of paid more attention to my gut health yeah. in college and et cetera, you know, maybe I wouldn't have had to go on Accutane because it was a really gnarly drug. Um, but again, it's like the same kind of thing. It's like, oh, you have acne, like go on Accutane versus maybe taking a look at like, you know, right. my gut. Absolutely. <laughs> we just do what our doctors tell us to do. Like, okay, well, let's try it. All right, fine. We don't realize what it does to our body over time. Um, all right, right. So we're going to play a, a fun game. It's called Blurt. Now I'm going okay. to shout out a topic. I'm not, I'm not going to shout, but I'm going to like list a topic and then you immediately have to blurt out the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. okay, there's like, I don't know, 10 things, all right? So just blurt out whatever you're thinking. First uh, first up, Crocs. <laughs> um, who's that chef? Mario Vitale? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's a good example. I mean, I know he's been perfect. hot water. But <laughs> Salsa dancing. Oh my gosh, I just signed up for lessons. Okay, lessons. <laughs> <laughs> the news. Um, I don't watch it. <laughs> TV off. <laughs> Connection. Um, my boyfriend, Eric. Oh, that's cute. You guys yeah. are the cutest. Uh, TikTok. Oh, oh obsessed. Boys. <laughs> obsessed with it. Um, I mean, Eric. <laughs> I haven't, I'm not single, so I don't know. Music. Oh, um, Hawaiian music. I used to hula dance, so. Hawaiian, I Hawaiian music. music. I was not, wow. Yeah, I'm, random. I yeah, know. that's awesome. Uh, the uterus. Oh, um, that time of the month, you know, cramps. Yeah, the uterus <laughs> is a bitch for sure. Uh, personality yeah. tests. Oh, um, Myers-Briggs. I, it, I've done one of those. What is yours? Yeah, Mine, God, you know, I never remember, but I'm like probably what you would expect. Like, you know, ENFP? extroverted. Uh, yeah, probably something like that. Uh, the last one, jumbo shell noodles. Jumbo shell new. I don't even know what that means. Um, I think of shrimp, like jumbo shrimp. I don't yeah, know. The gigantic my, like macaroni noodles, like they stuff cheese in them. You know, you see them like oh. at Italian restaurants. They make me dry oh, yes. heave. They're disgusting. Oh, we wow. just threw that in yeah. there for fun. Yeah, they're okay. they're. Gr I can't even look at them dry, like but like uncooked. They just they gross Maybe. me out for some reason. It's weird. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> they are weird. Uh, well, thank yeah. you so much for joining us. Uh, do you want to plug your uh, business podcast and Instagram real quick? Yeah, definitely. Um, so my personal is just my name, Ali Bonner. Uh, business is Oat House, which is H A U S. Um, so like the German Oat House, <laughs> and then uh, our website's the same, just Oat House. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, coming up next week, we'll continue the On the Grand Part 2 series with Nikki. She is the owner of Lovely Hollow Farm in Caldwell, Idaho, and she's overly social and has a crazy, I mean, crazy huge following on Instagram. That's next week on Intentionally Disruptive. Intentionally Disruptive is presented by Microbe Formulas. Creating solutions at work is what we do. Restoring hope and health is who we are. Visit us at microbeformulas.com.